0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions
1: 18+. Good evening, dummies. Episode 270. Tonight we're talking about Joe Manchin versus Joe Biden. It's a big story. I appreciate you being on here. By the way, dummies, don't take offense dummies is an acronym we'll go into it in just a few seconds but tonight like i said we're talking about joe Manchin, the vote the five trillion dollars the build back better the build back never what does it all mean tonight we will go through it thanks for everyone being on live it was a great show let's get to the recorded portion i will be back in about a minute and 30 if you want to fast forward you can go to this number by fast forwarding and you will get right to the show but here are some important messages i'll be right back Hey, dummies, this is Matt from Don't Unfriend Me. What is a dummy? A dummy is a don't unfriend me. It's an acronym. It's not an insult. So if you hear me say it throughout the show, please don't take offense. Second, if you would do me a favor and like, share, and subscribe, you can find all of my sites, Facebook, YouTube, Apple, Instagram, all the podcasts you can think of, and Rumble, stop on by, say hello. It's at Don't Unfriend Me Show. I would greatly appreciate it. Last but not least... You can go to Don'tUnfriendMe.com and follow my blog, all of my videos there. You can also hit the shop where I've got Don't Unfriend Me gear like this shirt that you can peruse and find something that you enjoy and support the show. All Made in America, 10% goes to Travis Mannion Foundation for every purchase, and veterans get a discount. So thank you. There's my quick advertisement. I'll play this before the show instead of doing it live, and hopefully it makes things go faster. Thanks, dummies. I appreciate it.
0: From an undisclosed location. Always honest. Always direct. So sit back. Relax. Don't Unfriend Me starts right now.
1: Well, thank you again for stopping on by for episode 270. We have a good show tonight. Let's get into it. I see that all the dummies are doing the light work from all the trolls from Twitch. Good to see. Build back never. Oh, hold on. This always happens. Build back never. Joe versus Joe. What a difference a few years and a little bit of self-interest make. I remember vividly the first time I saw Darren McCarty from the Detroit Red Wings. He was a fairly big man in a sport that had plenty of big men. He was really huge even as a young man. In 1993, I saw him get a Gordie Howe hat trick. That's a goal, an assist, and a fight to boot. Darren wasn't really a finished player. He wasn't fast. His hands were good, but not for handling the stick. The man could do two things really well. He was a cruise missile and he could stand up the blue line or his zone by literally crushing you when you came across it with your head up or down. Darren was one of the top fighters in the league quickly. He rivaled the likes of Ty Domi, Ryan Reeves, Bob Probert, Shanahan, Brashear, or Hatcher. He was quick with his fist and an incredible strength to hold and set opponents up for haymakers. I'll show you a quick video about Darren right now. <laughs>
0: Everything looked par for course until McCarty spotted Lemieux standing alone. He came up along Claude's side and caught Lemieux with a right. From there, everything erupted in a way that looked rehearsed by Detroit. It became a scene with everyone playing their part, but afterwards, McCarty said no one talked about it before the game, it just happened. Including McCarty kneeing Lemieux in the head. As the refs focused on getting McCarty off of Lemieux, the goalies went at it in an exhaustingly impressive display of balance. The officials finally freed Lemieux, who made his way to the locker room as the crowd erupted. It took ten minutes for the refs to restore order, but this game was already out of their control. Deadmarsh and Konstantinov dropped gloves. Shanahan and Foote went at it to start the second, followed a few minutes later by Keane and Holmstrom, Ward and Severn, and four minutes later, Deadmarsh looked to get some revenge on McCarty. And Deadmarsh trying
1: When Darren McCarty played my Colorado avalanche in our inaugural season, my hatred for McCarty rivaled only my hatred for the dreaded D-turred Red Wings. Those nights were electric, and no better rivalry has ever or will ever exist. I don't care what you say. Red Sox, Yankees, Packers, Bears, Lakers, Celtics, Ali Frazier, Buckeyes, Wolverines. When you literally have to hire bodyguards because of death threats, coaches going into opposing players' hotels, and bus brawls in the parking lot, you can't talk to me about rivalry. It was the greatest 10 years in sports, period. Period. I remember getting into a fight with a Red Wings fan when I was younger. I worked at GameStop. I know, I know. I was young and I was impressionable. Well, not that young. But still it happened. We had our words, our swings, each landing a few and kind of stopped in the middle and just sat down. Almost in sync, we said, this is stupid. I agreed and likened it to us being wannabe hockey players and why the hell were we doing this to each other. The strangest thing happened. We started talking hockey and debated Eiserman versus Sackick. Who was better? Of course it was Sackick, but I continued anyway. After some time, he mentioned he had heard that the Avs were going to go after McCarty in the offseason, and I explained to him that that was never going to happen, and McCarty would go back to the AHL before taking that contract. He hated the Avs. But then the Wings fan asked me the following, and it's always stuck with me, but would you take him, right? My first response was, are you kidding me? of course, he would be a monster with Adam foot alongside him. And then I got this feeling of sickness in my stomach, but he's the enemy. But with further investigation in my psyche, I would be fine if he was on my team. Why? How? And what the hell was wrong with me? Well, this wasn't my first experience with this, but this is what they call a double standard or a contradictory standard. A double standard is a principle or policy that is applied in a different manner to similar things, without proper justification. Essentially, this means that a double standard occurs when two or more things, such as individuals or groups, are treated differently when they should be treated the same way. So although I loathed McCarty in red, I would love him in burgundy and blue. No exception, no remorse, once he donned a sweater, he was an av. period. A famous literary example of double standards appears in George Orwell's 1945 novel, Animal Farm, in which a group of animals decides to take over the farm where they live so they can rule themselves instead of having humans rule over them. One of the core rules that the animals decide to follow is that all animals are equal. However, as time passes, the pigs gather power over the other animals and give themselves preferential treatment in a variety of ways, Eventually, this culminates in the pigs revoking all the rules that the animals initially agreed on in place of a single rule, which exemplifies the concept of double standards. Quote, all animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. There is another example of this, one you may know, and that is more current in today's news. Recently, as the nominee for president, ran on a platform that dumbfounded many in his party who worried that it would raise ire from the electorate on top of the overhauling the U.S. tradition of staying out of midterm suicide, policies like abortion, raising taxes, closing bases, etc. Although this senator was indeed a party member in name only, he did jump the fence often just to spite the president, and had a contentious relationship with the commander-in-chief. When the dawn drew near on the bill that would possibly reshape America into either a spiral downward or maybe just status quo, the rogue senator swept in and saved the day by the slimmest of margins. Who is this great senator? Do you think you have it? Well, I'm here to shock you. It was, for the leftists, John McCain. Wait a minute, what? What? Matt, you tricked us. Now we have icky feelings. Well, imagine how the Democrats feel about Joe Manchin, our newfound hero in saving grace. Are the shoes that different on the other foot? Well, sure. We just mentioned Darren McCarty is coming to the avalanche and all of us are feeling a little split on the result. Of course, John McCain has been labeled a traitor by many on the right when he failed to align with the Republicans on the Obamacare repeal and replace, along with his disdain for President Trump. But soon after that rancorous decision from the rhino, Republican in name only, Democrats flocked to his side as a hero in the witching hour, while Republicans called for him to be burned at the stake. Well, now that Manchin has done the same exact thing, how quickly the tables have turned. And I'm not here to discuss McCain and the claims about him in Vietnam. It has nothing to do with the result. The man served his country, and nobody is doing a formal investigation into his service anyway. Let's focus on the parallel between Manchin and McCain. And the only similarity is not just the resemblance of their name when looking closely. There are many similarities to uncover. And you know my concerns I had, and I still have these concerns. And where I'm at right
2: now, the inflation that I was concerned about, it's not transitory. It's real. It's harming every West Virginian. It's making it almost difficult for them to continue to go to their jobs. The cost of gasoline, the cost of groceries, the cost of utility bills. All of these things are hitting in every aspect of their life. And, and you and you start looking, at then then you have the uh, debt that we're carrying at 29 trillion dollars. You have also the geopolitical unrest that we have. You have the COVID, the COVID uh, variant. Uh, and that is wreaking havoc again. People are concerned. I've been with my family. I know everyone's concerned. So when you have these things coming at you the way they are right now, uh, I've always said this, Brett, if I can't go home and explain it to the people of West Virginia, I can't vote for it. And I cannot vote to continue with this piece of legislation. I just can't. I've tried everything humanly possible. I can't get
1: there. You're done. This is, this is a No.
2: This is enough.
1: But besides the Benedict Arnold or Mother Teresa viewpoint that you may align with, there's something to say about the Democrats eating their own simply because a person voted their conscience. McCain was one of the harshest critics of Obamacare and its unconstitutional implementation. He voted with the Democrats and against the Republicans with the words from hell's heart, I stab at thee for hate's sake, I spit my last breath at thee. Projected at the big orange whale versus a pasty white one from the murky deep, McCain thought Donald Trump was the proverbial Moby Dick of Capitol Hill, and yes, that is a double entendre. McCain was guilty of what the Dems are accusing Manchin of doing over the last couple of days, and it is not only wrong, it is a gross misrepresentation of the facts. The truth is, moderation of anything is few and far between nowadays. Blue-collar Democrats, Reagan Democrats, Clinton Republicans, whatever. There are very few left in today's political world. Senator Joe Manchin said that Democrats had tried to badger and beat him into voting for President Joe Biden's sweeping social care and climate change bill, and that he would only reconsider his opposition if the legislation was totally rewritten. But the real story here is not Joe Manchin, it is Joe Biden and the Democrats themselves. From Gen Saki using the White House lectern to perform a political hit job on Manchin, who accused Mr. Manchin in a lengthy statement of reneging on his promises. As re- recently as Tuesday, Saki said Manchin had pledged to work with the administration officials to finalize a compromise agreement and had even shared his own outline for legislation that mirrored the size of Mr. Biden's initial. trillion framework. If his comments on Fox News, she says, and written statement indicate an end to that effort, she said, they represent a sudden and inexplicable reversal in his position and a breach of his commitments to the president and the senator's colleagues in the House and Senate. In other words, she labeled him public enemy number one, and she let loose the dogs of war, or Kraken if you will, use any literary reference you want. Peppermint Patty released the full weight of the cancel culture and the woke mob on Manchin and his family, and Manchin didn't take kindly to that and shoved the proverbial Medusa head right in their faces. Although their demeanor didn't turn to stone per se, they did however backpedal expediently into Tales of friendships between Biden and Manchin and their mutual respect for each other. Manchin wasn't having it, not at all. At stake is what Biden has hailed as transformative, the New Deal-style legislation that would touch virtually every American life from birth to death, from subsidies from childcare to price controls for prescription drugs to funding for the construction and maintenance of public housing. But what it really is is a giant levy that will be hung around the taxpayers' necks with no relief in sight coming anytime in the future. Biden's reputation as a deal-maker You know, the one he campaigned on, his ability to capitalize on nearly four decades of Senate experience to helm negotiations and unite his party's narrow majorities in both chambers. Biden had poured weeks of work in the talks with Mr. Manchin, inviting the senator for breakfast at his Delaware home in October and insisting that the West Virginian could ultimately be swayed let's remember that Biden couldn't predict the weather accurately, the way things are panning out for his administration, even standing outside on a ladder, getting fed lines from Al Roker. Build back better? How about build back never and just put things back the way you found them, Joe? But while we're at it, let's also mention that Manchin is not the great white hope folks thinks he is. He may be positioning himself for a party switch, and who win it with the tea leaves reading an abysmal showing in 2022 and 24 for the Dems. But he is just as much a maverick as McCain, and we better not forget it. Moderates are always good at one thing, being unpredictable, and that is the only certainty you can count on. Even if he does come under the elephant umbrella, it doesn't mean we still couldn't be splattered by refuse when the wind changes. In other words, with friends like Manchin, who needs enemas? But I will give him credit. He stood his ground, even if it was for political advantageousness. Things are going to go even more south for the Democrats. Manchin is out for blood at this point. He's a West Virginian boy, and they don't play. They're like Texans but you won't find the body with West Virginians. Manchin not only gave the White House a heads up, he sent an aide to let the cat out of the bag 30 minutes before he went live on Fox to out his intent. The Democrats scrambled to contact him and call him while he was waiting to go on air. He never answered the phone. It was a masterful stroke and sent a clear message. If you mess with the Mountaineers, we will bury you in a landslide. Joe Biden and team have been trying to spread their whistles out for survivors, sending out search parties for the vulnerable Democrats who just lost their 2022 bids, scrambling, scrambling to sortie SAR choppers only to be grounded due to inclement weather, and sheets of cold attitude from West Virginians. The fact is, there was only one thing the rubble rousers in the Democratic Party could do. Listen. Listen to the rhythmic tapping coming from the quartz and limestone rocks deep within the core of the resonating stone. A series of dull clicks and clacks that spelled out a very special message meant for the president. As the dashes and dots were tallied as the letters appeared into words, the message was quite clear. Let's go Brandon. Love, the man with the pair of balls made from West Virginia blue stone. Joe, the man mansion. Folks, that's it for my show tonight. Thank you for watching. Don't unfriend me. We'll be back tomorrow at 830. But for now, Veterans Crisis Lawn, 1-800-273-8255. Press 1. 22 veterans commit suicide a day. It is way too many. Traumatic brain injury, PTS, stress, anxiety, depression are all real, especially during the holidays. Those 22 a day need your help. Please reach out. If they will not talk to you, maybe reach out to me. I'll make the call with you. If that doesn't work, you can go to me.com, Click on the VCL link and be connected directly. I understand sports isn't everybody's cup of tea, but hopefully you get the analogy that constant fighting breeds good things. About 20 years later, the Avalanche and the Red Wings played together in an outdoor classic, and it was amazing to see all those players who hate each other working together. Maybe we can hope for the same thing in the future, but for some reason, I doubt it. Good night, I'll see you tomorrow, and I'll be back live in just a second. Hang tight. Oh, um, oh. Um.